0: And now, a special Hoops Southbound edition of The Night Before Christmas. Yes, it's basketball themed. Deal with it.
1: It Was the night before tip-off, when all through the rub, not a creature was stirring, not even a gump.
0: The netting was hung on the basket with care, in hopes that Bill Walton would not be there.
1: Trevin Brazil was nestled all snug in his bed, while visions of slam dunks danced in his head.
0: And Maddie in her face paint, and I in my cap, had just settled round the TV to watch Vanderbilt's crap.
1: When out on the court there arose such a clatter, Broom sprang to his feet, made the backboard shatter.
0: Away to the glass, Mizzou flew like a flash to finally get a
1: rebound this season at last. The lights on the court made everything glow, gave a luster of midday at the hardwood below. And who would be
0: checking the portal in a blur, but a miniature must with eight new transfers. I can't keep rhyming like this.
1: <laughs> Happy holidays, everybody, and Merry Christmas. This is the holiday hoop special of the Hoop Southbound show.
0: Today on the show, we're talking hoops. We're talking next week's games, and we're giving away our annual Christmas uh, team presents.
1: There's a little something for everybody in this episode. It is the season of giving after all.
0: You're ready to say ho 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 today on the hoop southbound show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Hoop Southbound show. Maddie and I got our Christmas sweaters on. We're drinking hot cocoa, even though it's 70 degrees outside right now in Northwest Arkansas. Uh, but, you know, it is the holiday season and this is our annual Christmas episode. We're going to start the show off today with a little bit of a conversation about Alabama's road trip and what they've uh, gone through. Of course, if you've been keeping up with Alabama basketball the last couple of weeks, they have played a gauntlet of a schedule, and they've taken three straight losses to Purdue, Creighton, and now Arizona. All those matchups were top 20 in Kempom, and none of them were back home in the Coleman Center. Maddie, what did you take away from this road trip and this Alabama team overall?
1: You know, this main thing, looking at it with the road trip, is that Alabama is going to have to gain a little bit of stamina going into the season. You know, we've talked about time and time again how the SEC conference has just been lifted as a whole when it comes to, you know, the quality of teams that you're playing. And with these back-to-back games, obviously there are some teams that are lacking in the SEC, so they're not going to have that with every single game that they play. But there are going to be some stretches where they're going to have to struggle through some games. Um, And, you know, just taking a look at the Alabama-Arizona game, you can't beat a team when you're shooting 10% less than them on field goals, three-point, you know, everything around around the board. And I think, you know, just chalking that up to that being their last game of, like you said, this gauntlet of a road trip. Um, I, I think that's the only thing we can hope for um, for Alabama is that they help them build up a little bit of stamina and playing such fierce competition.
0: I want to split this up right like, really into the good and the bad because I, I hear exactly what you're saying. And I think the point is right there with it. Like to me, the good is that Alabama was in every one of these games in very hard situations. Um, you know, and, and the Arizona game was the biggest um biggest beat. Uh, or the biggest uh, loss, which really not a bad loss. You lost to the number two team in Campom and a very good team who's up in the net. So I'm not calling it a bad loss. I'm just saying the, the widest margin of victory for the other team. You know, Purdue, they lost by six. They were in that until the very end. Creighton, like I said, you saw how close they were to sending that game into overtime with Mark Sears' shot. And then Arizona, Arizona just wore them out. Um, it, It was just finally done. It was a hard game. And that was the kind of the situation. So they show time and time again on this road trip, they can play with anybody. Because, like I said, they played two top three teams, not five, top three teams in Purdue and Arizona in Kempom. And then Creighton's 18 in Kempom, and while they've been shaky, they're still a really good basketball team. Uh, You know, the Jayhawks, or not the Jayhawks, but the Blue Jays are a very good team. So, you know, there's nothing to feel bad about the fact you didn't take a didn't take home a win here. Would you have liked to? Absolutely, because it would have looked awesome on your resume. But they're still up there in the net. Kempom still likes them. Um, You know, they've got them still a top 10 team in Kempom. I I can't, I'd have to look back here, but I believe on the other day, I pointed out that Alabama is the only five-loss team in the top 20 uh, of Kempom. And the next one down is Michigan State at 21 at 7-5. and So, there there's a this schedule has been extremely difficult and they've played well against that competition where they've played kind of poorly and this is the bat the defense is kind of shaky at times uh the the numbers coming off the defense while they're playing hard they're playing physical and they're affecting the other team it's not great defensive numbers um in fact kim Palm kind of sees it as all right but i know there's other metrics like evan maya that have been like yeah, against the P6 opponents, it's not good. Against the mid-majors, it's great. Um, so that's that's part of the concern is how you're going to play defense once you get into conference play. The other side of this is that the big men keep getting in, getting in foul trouble. Now, they're not going to face Below, and they're not going to face Jordan, and they're not going to face Edie. They're not going to face P.J. Hall like they did in Clemson, which was prior to the road trip, all the time in the SEC. Those are elite big men but the SEC still has good big men across the league. We were talking about the front courts uh, and how they were kind of the hardest, that was kind of the hardest section on teams this season to decipher. So Maddie, I think that's kind of what the bad is, the fouls and the front court play is kind of concerning at times. But overall, do you think Alabama will finish top five in the SEC this season?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, we mentioned that, while the SEC is getting stronger, this Alabama team, obviously they aren't their, their win loss record. You know, like we said, they've played fantastic teams, unfortunately not able to get the edge, especially on these last three games. But I think they're right up there with some of the best in the SEC. When you talk Kentucky, um, when you talk Texas A&M, even though they've fallen off a little bit um, Auburn as well. So you know, there's a lot of names that can be thrown around, but I think Alabama is very capable to finish um, top five in the very least in the SEC.
0: And that offense is going to keep you in every dang ball game when you're hitting shots. Like they did not go out and shoot their best against Arizona, and they, you know, held on for a while. Like they they held on as long as they could without making um you know what they normally shoot percentage wise in a basketball game like they they came out poorly in that first half shooting the shooting the three i remember saying it's like i want these guys to take like a nanosecond to set themselves on the shot because it was a lot of catch and shoot and what i mean like catch and shoot i'm not talking the good kind of catch and shoot i mean catch throw it up catch throw it up it was really really just settle yourself get your feet set like you can do that in a snap um, you know, it, it's not going to slow down your offense that much. Just take a breath and sink the shot. Um, but it was like playing in a road environment too. like, you know, that that game was in Phoenix. Arizona fans are passionate, you know, and they traveled up there to Phoenix for that game and uh, they came and showed out for it because that was in their home state against a team that I honestly feel like Arizona and Purdue may be our national championship game this season. Uh, it it's a, it's a real possibility both those teams turn out to be one seeds. So, Alabama played some tough competition on the road in hard environments uh throughout the course of this trip. So, I'm not alarmed about what's going on with Alabama I think it's important you keep bringing up that point and I think it's spot on they're not their record and in college basketball not all records are made the same like that that is a fact because when you look at Alabama's schedule it's it's very clear that this six and five Alabama team if they played a lesser schedule um, one that was in the if they played Ole Miss's schedule they'd be undefeated. Like yeah. that's, that's a fact. Um, I mean, it's not an objective fact, but I would say that that's, that's something you can barely interpret.
1: Like um, 95% accuracy,
0: like 95% accuracy. <laughs> like they, this team would be undefeated with all misses schedule. Um, so like not all records are created the same. They may be outside the AP top 25, but they're certainly a top 30, top 40, well, however you want to phrase it, team, um, they're, they're among the teams that you expect and they're a good basketball team. This has nothing to do. Their record is not them. You are not your record in college basketball. You are your resume. Um, that's, that's the way I like to think about it. Let's, um, Maddie, any other things that occurred this week that you want to talk about? I know you caught the Mizzou, Illinois game this week, uh, as one of the games you were watching. Uh, I got a couple of games myself, any game that stands out to you that you just really want to talk about this week.
1: You know, you brought up that Mizzou-Illinois game, and I know you talked last I know, week.
0: I know, I I took a swing and an upset, and it, it didn't pay off. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I see this one yeah. stat. There might be a window opening. But Yeah,
1: you, you talked going. last week about how it was kind of the upset of the year. I think that game was the upset of the year for Mizzou fans. Mm-hmm. You know, a game that you don't want to take lightly. It was an important game for the, the state of Missouri, I feel like. Um, and they hardcore drop the ball so um hopefully here in a little bit when we do our christmas presents i can help them out a little bit in their gift but uh we'll see but that that game was just ugly and i think it tells us a lot about this mizzou team as we get into conference play that they're going to be one of those that teams are going to start looking at them and maybe falling asleep at the wheel and i think that's how they're going to get their upsets because of the way that these games are going right now
0: Certainly not the same team, uh, I would agree this season for Mizzou. Um, you know, at times you thought maybe there would be some hope in the bat in the front court. I know we talked about coming to the season. It's like, uh, yeah, maybe somewhere in eight, nine, ten uh would be possible for Mizzou because Dennis Gates is a decent coach, I do believe. But like that, that was a rough one. And it gets better competition. You know, they hung on with Kansas as long as they could and now in Fieldhouse. This game against Illinois did not go pretty. Um, that was not good at all um very kind of worrisome after that but you know it's what it is and they've got a chance to get themselves right um see if they can't pick up a couple wins along the way and uh right the ship but we'll see um they might be nit bound when we get to march we'll see maddie let's let's uh well actually you know what i got a game i kind of want to talk about just a little bit and i want to talk about because this is kind of a national thing also Number one, uh, so far you appear to be right, and the uh the people have not made their voice apparently heard loud enough to get Kenny Payne fired in Louisville. Um, but Kentucky fans absolutely turned the KFC Yum Center into a blue sea. I mean, it was crazy. It I have I have seen opposing fan bases, you know, go to their rival and you know fill up the stands when things are really, really bad. That was embarrassing for Louisville, Um, you know, and good on, good on Kentucky. I felt like though, watching that game, Kentucky is doing exactly what they need to do. They're, they're not playing with their food throughout the entire course of things. But the only reason I want to talk about that game is I think it's disappointing that one of the best rivalries in college basketball is completely dead right now. Like it is a rivalry between the fans it doesn't matter between the players. I thought one of the best points about that rivalry um, coming in at halftime was like one one of the player one of the former players there on ESPN. I can't remember his name right now. Was talking about when he played at North Carolina. If they went into Cameron, or no, when he played at Duke, if they were at Cameron Indoor and they saw that much powdered blue uh, in in Cameron Indoor, like Louisville, saw blue in the Yum Center like there would be fist fights going on in that game. Um, That's just the state like this, it, the rivalry's not there right now. And I, mm-hmm. I think that's the most disappointing thing for people who love college sports is to watch a rivalry, just be completely flat. Um, no energy. You don't have to win every game to make it a rivalry or every other game to make it a rivalry. There just has to be a reason, some fuel to get something started a lot of the times, but like, you know i think there's additional criteria too but like to get the fire going that's all you really need is just pure hatred um there there was nothing there was apathy and i i just it was disappointing to see what was ranked as one of the top 5 rivalries in all of college basketball just being unimportant uh, unimportant and a game that kentucky fans could travel easy to and enjoy watching a w on someone else's court Um, Maddie, I don't know if you caught much of the Kentucky game, but what were your thoughts, especially after the audible go big blues that were raining throughout Louisville?
1: (laughs) You know, I think when, when you mention things like that, rivalries, while you said you don't have to win every other game, you gotta have one every now and then. And I think that's kind of what's happening in Kentucky is it's just so commonplace for big blue to take over it's become more of a uh, state of Kentucky fans going to watch Kentucky basketball. Yeah, but they're than-
0: going into Louisville. Like, Louisville's <laughs> a top 20 program. Like, they're on the same level as Florida and Arkansas. Like, there should be some fans wearing red in that stand. Like, like it's a dead program right now. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's just, how, how do you turn that? Like, what? what is this? Like... It's it's a proud program with a history of national championships, conference mm-hmm. win, conference championships. And then there's just a sea of blue. No offense, like good for Kentucky for getting there. I'm not blaming Kentucky fans. Awesome job. Like for while for Big Blue Nation just flooding your opponent's stadium knowing it's empty. But like, where's Louisville? Like, if that was Duke, North Carolina, exactly what you know, like the guys are talking about, that's considered the best rivalry in college basketball. Like mm-hmm. What's going on? Like, how are you not? Even when there's a bad team, you should still be after the game. Like, like that's how much apathy and not caring has occurred in Louisville. I feel like.
1: Yeah, it's it's just one of those. I think you know they've had a bad team for a few years now, and they've had they realize no- it's not turning around. So they're just they're they're done. They're they're, see, <laughs> they're done.
0: I I saw some Louisville fans, uh, in the comment section going off about how Louisville was a football school now. So that, uh, that, 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 that is, you have hit rock bottom, my friends, (laughs) like as a basketball school, when when you're making comments like that. All right, Maddie, we got our Christmas presents. Let's start. Let's do my, we're going to go alternate each team, um, today came up with a Christmas gift to give each and every SEC team. Like I said, there's a little bit of something for everybody. Um, so I'm going to start with Alabama here. And uh, our Christmas gift to Alabama this year is Charles Bediaco. Um, they are getting for their, yeah, as requested by Christian Sykes, that this would be the uh, the Christmas gift that Alabama received. He's right, because Alabama struggled against some big men. They really needed Charles Bediaco. Out there, and they thought he was coming back this season to Tuscaloosa. They could really use his help right now. So um, I am I am giving as the Christmas gift for Alabama the return of Charles Bediaco to help them out through the rest of the course of the season and help that front court out just a little bit. Maddie, what's your uh, what's your gift for Arkansas?
1: Very similar, similarly to Alabama, Arkansas is in need of a big man. So I'm gonna pull in Shaq 2.0 because while we've kind of figured it out through the transfer portal on three point game. Now we need somebody down low. That's going to be able to help out when it comes to rebounds. When it comes to getting physical, we've got a few big man that aren't as big, so it's going to be a tough competition in the sec. So I think this gift would definitely help them out as we get into conference play.
0: I would argue that, um, I would have thought you were going to give them uh, last year's defense or the years before's defense uh, to help this team out, you know, like because that's I mean a... that'd
1: be solid as well. But yeah, if it, like if you have a big man that can play both ends, that that fixes a lot of problems too. That might that might just
0: a little bit, but you know, have to see as must makes the adjustments here. But yeah, I can think of multiple gifts to give the Razorbacks right now to get them get them right. Uh, for the Auburn Tigers, I, I'm. it's kind of similar to another team's gift I'm going to give them, but I think this team's missing one thing. You know, they keep missing the top 25, Auburn does, uh, from the AP voters. Uh, and what I want to give them is a solid Q1 win. If they could get a solid Q1 win, I think that respect level would go up a little bit for the Auburn Tigers. So, see if we can't find them a solid Q1 win, that you know, puts them into the top 25, and uh, helps the helps the uh, national respect a little bit for what looks to be one of the top five teams in the SEC so far this season. Very, very impressed with what Auburn's done, um, minus the Appalachian State game. So I think one big win is uh, one one big win is what Auburn needs at this point to get into the top twenty five. Maddie, go ahead with yours.
1: So everybody that's watching, I want you to take a little trip down memory lane um, to one of our favorite shows of years past if you're around mine and david's age space jam we are gonna give florida some of michael's secret stuff that helped them turn that game around because in the beginning of january they are facing off against kentucky ranked number nine Ole miss currently ranked at 25 arkansas and then number eight tennessee they'll end out the month on an easier note but i think they definitely need a bit of that secret stuff to help them get through that front stretch of January.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. So my team that I've got next is Georgia uh, for Georgia. They've been playing good ball lately. So I don't, you know, maybe they don't need this, but you know, I always feel like they could be one step better Um, for Georgia is really where they need to head. So for my gift for Georgia, with all these great freshmen that they've got and how great of a team I think they're going to have in the future, uh, I'm going to give them two more years of experience for my Christmas gift. Um, you know, get Blue Cane, get uh, DeMurray, get, um, you know, get get your freshman that you got on this team that uh, you're trying to get a little bit better uh, to carry this team forward. Give them two more years of experience. And I think you'd have a great SEC basketball team uh, is the situation for Georgia. So two more years of experience, my Christmas gift for the Bulldogs.
1: All right. Going on to Kentucky. They're playing white hot right now but what I'm going to give them is an eraser to take away that ugly w- loss against UNCW. While, you know, when we get to tournament time, I don't think it's going to be a completely terrible loss due to where they're going to end up in their conference standings. I think it's a blemish that is keeping them from being a little bit more hyped up than they probably would be if that wasn't on their record.
0: You know, Arkansas could probably use that eraser well as well for the UNC at uh, Greensboro. Uh, team as well. All right. So LSU. So I heard this, this is where this one came to my mind. Uh, I was driving one day last year, what, you know, when things were bad for LSU and things have gotten a not better really yet, but you know, they're improving, uh, overall, it's going to be a little bit of a rebuild, but last year i am listening. I'm listening to the fine bomb show, unfortunately, because it's just on the radio. And, uh, I heard this one LSU fan call in saying he wants will Wade back as, uh, <laughs> as the uh, head coach at LSU. Now my Christmas gift is I want Will Wade. I'm going to see if I can't get Will Wade to agree to give McNeese state's resume to the LSU Tigers and see if that, you know, if see if they'd be willing to swap that just a little bit. Um, you know, see if they can't create some of that momentum for LSU, talk to Will Wade, see if we can't exchange some, uh, some of McNeese's, uh, Better resume points so far this season. They're not much better. They're I mean these states a little team. So, but maybe maybe that'll make LSU feel a little bit better as to take something away from Will Wade at least. So
1: <laughs> there you go. Maddie. Mizzou. You know, you mentioned Arkansas could use probably several things for Christmas. I think is the same case, but I think the thing that would help them the most is a defense that is at least halfway decent. It doesn't even have to be like top tier just a little bit better. And I think they would do wonders with their schedule. You know, the the game we went and watched, just the defense was an atrocity. And, you know, before we get into next week's stuff, they have an absolutely terrible rebound differential. And I think if you have a defense that's going to fight a little bit more, that's probably going to improve and your quality of game is going to improve overall. So, you know, just... Just a little, little sprinkle on the defense it doesn't need be anything anything major <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just magic over their defense i don't know
0: <laughs> just a, just a little bit of defense just just a little mm-hmm. bit of defense to help things out all right so i got old miss um my gift to old miss is they're gonna hear chris beard's name heard a lot uh when the uh coaching carousel begins later this uh later this uh, spring and everything else. So Chris Beard's name, I expect will be uh, somewhere around there. So what I'm giving Ole Miss, uh, it's really for Ole Miss fans is that they're going to get a three-year extension with Chris Beard with a uh, massive buyout that makes sure that you could retain him for a little while uh, and keep things going in the direction that you seem to want them to go. So that is my gift for Ole Miss is a great contract for Chris Beard, so you don't have to worry about him going anywhere else. Maybe like Louisville. <laughs> that is uh, that is my gift for Ole Miss fans.
1: Going into Mississippi State, what I'm going to give them is a healthy Tolu Smith. <laughs>
0: Ah, there you go. That's what they need. Gift that keeps
1: on giving. You know they they've been great. They've figured it out without him in some cases, but they would just be that you know one step further if they had the guy that they completely built their season around before he got injured. So you know, I think if uh when you give them, I, my nephew hasn't played in a while, but the little health packs or whatever from Fortnite just, just boost them up with one of those, they'll be good to go.
0: You know, you've got a nephew, so you're more in tune with what's happening with the uh, the Gen Z kids than I am. So, you know, I, I don't know much about um, about Fortnite. So maybe maybe if I played a little bit more Fortnite that maybe I would know a little bit of the uh, health packs and whatnot. But that's not my thing. So um, I've got South Carolina uh, here next. Uh, what I've got for South Carolina and uh, it's something that. Lamont Paris said, you know, back at SEC media days is like, everybody's sleeping on my team. Well, you know what, Lamont Paris, I agree. We slept on them too. They're not playing bad. So what I want to give South Carolina is a little bit of respect uh, from everybody. Okay, I mean, do what now?
1: Said okay, Aretha?
0: Just a little bit. Just a little <laughs> bit of respect. Um, you know, I can't do the RESV what, whatever, like fast it with my mouth. I can't do it otherwise, I'd try. But look at look at South Carolina's resume. Let's be real. We need to give this team a little bit of credit. Like, you know, Virginia Tech, um, they're 50th in Kim Palm, and then they've also got the um, they also got only one loss to Clemson, who's top 25 in Kim Palm and a really good team. They've played the competition that they've had in front of them, and they've got the W's and they've won a couple of these games by a decent margin. Uh, So they're, they're playing really well. And also a win that I think a lot of people don't understand was a good win. Was the fact that they went into Arizona and they beat Grand Canyon, who is 61 in Kim Palm and was rated at the coming into the season as the number one mid major in the country, um, by I believe his RP index and how they define the term. Uh, Grand Canyon's a good basketball team. That was an away game basically, and their student section showed up to that. That was a good win over a top 100 Kim Palm team. I, I just a little bit of respect for South Carolina and what they've done. They also didn't lose to Clemson by much at Clemson. It was 72-67. Like, this team is five points away from being undefeated. Think about that. Six points away, really, so they get one more. But, you know, five points. Five points on the road is the difference between this team and being undefeated and possibly in the top 25. South Carolina's played great. They've played very, very well, and they haven't played with their food when it's in front of them. They've done a really good job. As a matter of fact, I'm actually looking just right now off the resume, some of the wins that South Carolina's got, I'm more impressed with them than Ole Miss. Uh, so I think a little bit of respect is what South Carolina needs for Chris.
1: Yeah. I mean, you mentioned that Clemson game. I think they made the run at the end too. So it could have just been five points. Cause if they sent that to overtime, they might've had the win there too.
0: Yeah, it was tough. It was, it was a tough, tough game and they played them well. They played them well. I think South Carolina's going to be one of those teams, you know, that coming into this season, the same thing we expect. Um, We were talking about the Old-
1: zoo last year.
0: Yeah. I think, I think South Carolina is going to be just like Ole Miss. They're going to win the games they're supposed to, and they're going to win a couple. They shouldn't, and they should have a decent season might be around 500, maybe a little bit better. Um, You know, they may finish like sixth, seventh in the sec coming into this season Uh, or when we're all looking back in March and they may may March like that's crazy because no, no one, not a soul in the country thought South Carolina with what they put together in the transfer portal was going to have a shot at March Madness this year that you thought NIT was the ceiling. Um, and so South Carolina, I've got some respect for what you're doing right now. This is a good, this is a good turnaround season for y'all. Y'all should
1: be very optimistic. So respect for South Carolina for Christmas. All right. Moving over to good old Rocky top Tennessee is getting the 22-23 season Santiago Vescombe.
0: Oh, that's needed. That's absolutely needed.
1: (laughs) I think, you know, we have his numbers from last year. We would be looking at a very different record for the Vols. So, you know, just have him bump up those numbers to last year's and what he was producing along with, you know, what they currently have. And we'd be seeing a a top-ranked Tennessee team, I think, or top 10 at least.
0: Yeah, just a little bit more scoring, a little bit more offense. And Tennessee would be just, I mean, they'd be clearly one of the best teams in the country. Uh, you know, Tennessee's a really, really good basketball team. All right, I got Texas A&M. So my gift to Texas A&M is you get one redo. Like, look, look. this is the situation. Texas A&M's best win, according to Ken Palm right now, is Iowa State. Um, but their losses, they don't have a bad loss in the four they've lost to. they lost to Florida Atlantic. They've lost to Virginia on the road, Memphis at home, and then neutral site, and there's honestly a neutral site. I know it's considered semi-away by, um, by Kim Pom, but like I said, Texas a is kind of in that same corner of Texas um, as Houston is. But they, um, they played Houston tough, and that's the number one team in Kim Pomp. They don't have a bad loss on their record, but if they got one of those back, like this team would look super impressive. They would have never dropped out of the top twenty-five. Uh, they, they would, everyone would have considered them still a front runner in the sec. Um, I am understanding where you're coming from with Texas A&M at the beginning of the year. I think I had them third in my sec preseason rankings. You had them number one. So it's, uh just one redo. And I think Texas A&M would be among one of the teams that are getting the most conversation in the sec. If they pulled off the win against Houston, if they beaten Florida Atlantic, just pick one. I think Texas a and has got a bigger conversation around them at this point.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, of course, last but not least, we have Vanderbilt. I am going to give them a box of issues. <laughs> use it to dry your tears. Use it to combat the cold because of how much of a cold streak this team is on. Use it for whatever, but I really don't think there's anything we can give them to help this team. Yep. So, yes. Take the L and roll with it.
0: All right, Maddie, I'm going to give you a lump of coal. Um, you get to give one team a lump of coal. I am also going to give one team a lump of coal, but I'll let you go first. Who are you giving a lump of coal to?
1: Lump of coal. You you go first since you've thought about this. I'm
0: getting into the Arkansas Razorbacks. This has been incredibly disappointing um, as as the start of the season as it gets. It's getting a little bit better. Abilene Christian that second half looked a heck of a lot better than they did in the first half, but they're getting a lump of coal for what the heck is going on in Fayetteville right now the entire country was like oh Arkansas looks pretty good you know even in the worst case scenario Arkansas is still going to be a super competitive team and everything like they have played so far under expectations it's ridiculous it's absurd it's truly absurd and I'm a Razorback fan y'all deserve a lump of coal this season um this is something that we need to fix um so yeah you've been bad you've been bad it's time to fix it. Yeah, this is this is the reminder. So, unfortunately, I'm giving my lump of coal to the Razorbacks.
1: You know, I would follow suit, but I don't want to, you know, dump too much on them. So, I, hmm,
0: I am going to go. I did want to art, note that Arkansas probably would have stayed off the naughty list if they had won that game against Oklahoma <laughs> or just won the other game in Atlanta. So They probably would have stayed off my naughty list.
1: <laughs> you know what? I'll give it to Vanderbilt you okay. know get some tissues follow up with some coal because they are absolutely wasting the fantastic potential of Jerry Stackhouse and his coaching abilities
0: Ooh. um I mean hmm. I, I think they deserve a lump of coal for multiple mid-major losses and I believe they're the only team with a negative net rating right now in the SEC uh so I would think that would be another reason to give them a lump of coal <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: um so yeah that's I think that's the easy answer though but I'll let you take the easy ones. since I'm gonna <laughs> It hit on our home team like i'm just i'm disappointed guys like let's get better here Like
1: i think we all are david
0: Yeah, we're just all a little upset <laughs> all right let's go into this week's previews um you know overall we didn't do bad last week um i would think you know we took a couple of swings um trying to figure things out but maddie i think me and you a piece like only missed one game like uh out of our picks last week uh, i missed obviously i tried to go for the upset win against uh Mizzou over Illinois Uh, uh, Illinois yes I said Illinois thank goodness I thought I said Iowa there for a second mentally um but yeah I tried to go for that upset win thing and I caught something um I went
1: for the upset win with Alabama and Arizona so yeah
0: you went for the upset win for Arizona so we we picked upsets Upsets didn't pay out we didn't find an upset this week um so that's uh that's I'm okay with that like one law Mm -hmm. you know yeah,
1: one that's, one that's the best record I've had so far, I think. So it
0: was a good week. It was a really good week, and that was still against majority uh power competition. So I think this week the goal is truly to go undefeated. The problem with that is that this is that time of year where stupid things happen, really stupid things tend to happen. So I am totally anticipating one of these to not go
1: right. Um, and I Got a really good hunch of which one it is. So <laughs> I and it hurts my stomach been thinking about it. But yeah, I know we we'll been into it, and then we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. When we get there, it's coming up second. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well let's start
0: out uh talking about our first game that we're previewing. Now, the games I picked out this week, since we were all facing um, you know, mid mid-major competition and things like that. I picked the teams for our Christmas special that gave us the most views. Uh, during the season preview. so that is how we pick the teams so we're going to start with Kentucky versus Illinois State Maddie when you look at Illinois State what are you looking for in this game and the Wildcats other than the storyline between Antonio Reeves and Illinois
1: State I don't know I going into this game with Kentucky and Illinois State really I think the big thing is Illinois State's been a pretty solid mid-major team they've had a couple of losses that they probably shouldn't but, you know, so is Kentucky. I think we get in get into the meat of it. You know, I think they're a good team with a good opportunity here. But I think, you know, looking over the numbers, Kentucky's offense is just gonna be too much for them. Um, while they they are pretty solid on defense, I think Kentucky's just gonna, gonna outstretch them um on on the offensive ability and talent.
0: Yeah, uh, Illinois State's done a pretty decent job with the games that they got in front of them. You know, they beat Long Beach State, which is who upset USC. Uh, They've got a – they had a decent show against St. Louis. Um, You know, they also got win over Murray State, uh, who's been one of the better teams over a while in uh, northern Kentucky. Um, Not a bad team traditionally the last couple of years. Um, The player I'm looking out for from Illinois State uh, is Darius Burford. Um, 28 point game high and 13.7 points per game. He's solid. He also gets the free throw line, which I know that you like, Maddie. And he's uh, the leader on this team and made free throws uh, average a night. Gets close to three uh, made free throws. So he's a guy who gets to the line and makes a couple count every now and then, uh, which is a good thing. Uh, but you're totally right. Um, this team, this team plays good defense. What they have a tendency to do, they're also one of those teams that. You know, have a negative uh, assist to turnover ratio, um, which concerns me, and I think the Kentucky's defense can be aggressive enough and speed this team up quite a bit, um, and just really affect them. So I, I'm totally thinking Kentucky takes the win here. I think it's a mismatch, and I do think Antonio Reeves has a big game against uh, against Illinois State and the connection there. So I, I'm looking for him. This might be a game he drops forty on. We'll see. He might go crazy in this one. Seems not like uh, teams that involve red birds because he played well against Louisville as well. Um, so we'll see that storyline as it unfolds. But really, I'm I'm going Kentucky in this one. What's your pick?
1: Yeah, I'm going with Kentucky as well.
0: I, I think this is going to be one of those situations where we would not not be making intelligent choices. We're just waiting for the upset, really, is what we're waiting on this week. All right. Let's go to the next game. And this is the one that we're most worried about. Uh, Arkansas versus UNC Wilmington. Uh, look, UNC Wilmington comes in 113 in Kim Palm. They're a decent team. They've already got a win over uh, Kentucky. They're 1-0 against the SEC this season, and they were effective from three. Uh, hitting 11 three pointers against the Wildcats in Rupp. Arkansas has had problems on their three point defense throughout the course of this season. Um they also give up more points than um, the majority of teams in the SEC so far to this year. Another thing that Wilmington did well was rebound the basketball, which is at times we've seen Arkansas struggle with um, at you know certain points of the year, where I think this is gonna be important is that Arkansas, UNC Wilmington does turn the ball over a little bit. They, they uh, in that Kentucky game, turned the ball over more than they had assists. So I think you're going to have to play aggressive defense from the backcourt, which this is a game that I really think guys like Minifield and Laden Blocker really need to step up for the Hogs. Minifield played great minutes against uh, Abilene Christian. I was very impressed with his minutes, um, and I thought that he earned a lot into playing time the last couple of games. Especially because he was a big reason Arkansas played so great in that second half against Abilene Christian, so I'm looking for him to have a good game in this player I'm watching um, for this uh, UNC Wilmington team. Wilmington team is newbie um, or newbie. Uh, I'm not sure really how to pronounce it. i will be honest, I haven't watched enough UNC Wilmington. Uh, Donovan Newby, um, seven point three points per game. He's forty four percent. He's forty four percent from the field. He had fifteen going. Uh, against the Cats uh, starting the game. And then the other guy is white. Uh, 27 points against the Wildcats. And he can be lights out from three. He is 45% from three on the season. Extremely dangerous team. You have to shut him down if you're Arkansas. That's how you avoid the upset in this game is you have to shut him down. No choice. And he came off the bench in that Kentucky game. Someone's going to have to be put on him. Someone who's, whoever your best perimeter defender is, that's the guy that you've got to lock down in this game. Maddie, your thoughts against UNC Wilmington?
1: Yeah, that was my big key there Um, against UNC Wilmington. Like you said, as we saw in Kentucky, they shot pretty well from three. And I think Arkansas's perimeter defense is going to be a, the, the struggle that is going to keep this game close. I think hopefully we end the streak of playing terrible against North Carolina teams. Um We knock off the dust from the Tar Heels and from Greensboro and hopefully finally get a win against that stupid state. I'm done with them this season.
0: (laughs) It's not been good with uh, Arkansas and (laughs) the state of North Carolina. All right, Maddie, go ahead and give us your pick.
1: I'm going to go Arkansas just because I feel like if they lose – We may lose a few players due to the fact that Eric Musselman will give them absolute hell with the bricks and weighted vest as their Christmas present if they don't win this game.
0: Yeah, I'm absolutely terrified of this game. And uh, for my pick, I noticed a trend. I haven't picked an Arkansas game right this season, despite what logic may say at certain times of the year, Uh, win or loss. I have not picked an Arkansas game correctly so far. I'm gonna pick UNC Wilmington. Um, I am gonna pick UNC Wilmington. Uh, I think the three-point shooting might be the uh thing that does Arkansas in. So I'm gonna pick UNC Wilmington and we'll see what
1: happens. I'm hoping you continue your stretch of not picking Arkansas games right. <laughs>
0: If this works, I'm just saying, all right, let's move on to our next game. And that is Alabama versus Liberty. This one going to be at a neutral site. I believe it's in, it's in Montgomery or Birmingham. I'm going to look that up real fast. Um, but Maddie, you were talking about Alabama. What are you looking for against Liberty in this game?
1: You know, again, something that has kind of plagued them in their last few games. I think we got to watch fouls. Um, if I remember correctly, this Liberty team is a pretty solid free throw shooting team. So it's going to be one of those that, you know, Alabama's going to have to watch themselves because if they put this team on the line too many times, it could get dangerous.
0: And it, it absolutely can. It can get dangerous in a heartbeat. Liberty is not a bad basketball team. Uh, people may not realize that, but they they are a good team that is incredibly dangerous to play. Uh, And they've been a team that's been trying to make some march noise for a little while. Uh, I believe they took Kansas almost to the wire a couple of years ago. But uh, Kyle Rode is a guy that I'm looking out for. He's the team leader in three-pointers, and uh, he's also the team leader in game high and points per game. Very, very good player. And then Vin Zant, uh, Joseph Vin Zant. 8.1 rebounds per game. He's someone you're going to have to watch out for as well in the front court. He's also the best effective field goal. He's got the best effective field goal percentage on the team as well uh, for Liberty. Liberty is looking like they might be one of the teams that have a chance to win the uh, conference USA. And there's some weird things that have happened in the past at the uh, CM Newton. So this one could get a little uncomfortable for tide fans. Luckily you have that Eastern care or Eastern Kentucky game first And I think that if you can win that Eastern Kentucky game, uh, you know, and get all, get your heads on straight, you should be able to come out and play well in this thing. But this is going to be a tough one. This is going to be a hard ask. Um, I think Alabama is going to be tested, but I totally think that either than capable will win this game, but this is not an easy contest.
1: Yeah. I think it's going to be one that, you know, like I said, if Alabama is not careful, they could go to sleep in this one because they have had so many hard games um this at this point of the season they look at it and say oh well we've held on against Arizona against Creighton against Purdue we're going to be fine that that can put them in a bad position yeah I, I was talking
0: earlier about how i thought grand canyon was a good team that south carolina beat uh back in the arizona tip off uh grand canyon they own, This Liberty team only lost to Grand Canyon by five points. Cleveland and Van Zandt both had big games in that and that game. Uh, and then this team has got wins over a couple of teams that I think are pretty quality bid majors. Uh, they got wins over Furman. They got a win over American Conference teams, uh, Charlotte and Wichita State. Um, they have played Florida Atlantic. They got killed against Florida Atlantic. That's probably their worst game of the season. But overall, they've played pretty much a good game you know, a, a solid showing against the schedule that they have. They've been 10-3 and three this season. Um, Liberty's a good team. So, again, I think Alabama's going to – they're going to be tested, but I, I, if I'm going to give my pick right now, and I will, um, I'm going Alabama.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go Alabama as well just because I feel like they're tired of losing. Um, oh, and for sure. Have- I totally expect Alabama <laughs> yeah. to
0: win this game, yeah. <laughs>
1: they, they know they have to get a win here, so I think they're going to go in um, aggressive, play the kind of basketball we've come to expect from them this season.
0: You know what I think is really funny is, like, in my personal opinion, and Kim Palm tends to agree with me, this game is projected more – There's Kim Palm's projected model has a better chance of Liberty beating Alabama than Vanderbilt beating Alabama. Like, (laughs) this this is 77% on Kim Palm on this one. They've got got Alabama winning this game against Liberty 82-74 at 77%. Um, And that's why I said, if Alabama has a rough day shooting, like that would be a little better. But then you look at the Vanderbilt game on January 6th, um, 88-72 at 93% go tied, like says Kim Palm. So, and that's an away game. (laughs) That's going to be in the, that's going to be a memorial. Like Kim Palm's more confident of Alabama winning the game in Memorial against Vanderbilt than they are playing Liberty. Like that's, that's wild. (laughs)
1: I mean, Vanderbilt got my lumpa call for a reason, David.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's completely, <laughs> completely fair. <laughs> All right, let's go to our next game. And that is, or did you get your pick in? You picked Alabama, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, just making sure. All right, let's go to our next game. And that is Missouri taking on UCA. Now, we may have our worries about Missouri this season. But for the folks in Central Arkansas and Conway, um, they know that the Bears have not been particularly good. They're coming into Kim Palm at 342. Kim um, Palm's got this game as a 20-point spread in favor of the Tigers at 97%. Um, this is not an intimidating UCA team. Maddie. Uh, let's go ahead and get the picks, and then we'll talk about UCA real fast.
1: I'm going to go with Mizzou because, dear God, if they don't win this game, there is absolutely no hope left for them.
0: (laughs) It's just dead in the water.
1: Yep. We give up. We're not going to talk about them again. I think the only show that would be interested in a game like this is going to be the Sickos. Um, We'd we'd mentioned before the show, this is, I think, the first and probably only time that we will have – negative rebound differentials for both teams
0: yeah um yeah i think that might that you're probably right this is probably the first matchup we've seen that totally expect missouri to win the glass in this game i think this is the connor vanover game um uh, for mizzou i think he wins the glass i think butler has a chance to get against the team that he can get some good reps in and Get his numbers up as well, work on that front court issues. Uh, and cause UCA is not good in the front court either. They're like just mentioned, horrible rebounding team. This could help Missouri a little bit, uh, get the players out there. And then Connor Vanover, well, his numbers have been shaky against power five or power six opponents. Um, he's been he was solid uh at Oral Roberts against teams like UCA. On the mid major level, uh, so I totally expect he could have a big game, uh, for this team. But you know, the front court, also, you know, you've got Nick Honor who's going to potentially have a good game, still in the basketball. Like, there's there could be all sorts of highlights made in this game as well, as long as Mizzou doesn't come out sleepy and mess themselves up, uh, in this one. Also, UCA, this is the toughest stretch of their season. They're playing Oklahoma first and then they're playing Mizzou. This is not an easy easy stretch for UCA and they might be pretty uh, beat up by the time this is before they get into the conference play uh, for this game. Uh, Tucker Anderson's your leading scorer for UCA Mizzou fans, just so you can catch that. Uh, he's also their leading three point shooter at 26 or not 26, 2.6 uh, three point field goals made per game.
1: I, I do think this may be the first team that I've seen with a negative uh, net rating. So, you know, uh, like I said, they, I'm surprised we haven't heard from the Sickos board about UCA yet.
0: Yeah, well, I'm they, they exist. um. But I will say this also. um, There is a family connection in this game also that uh, we're failing to mention, and that is Connor Vandover's brother uh, is one of the graduate assistants, or he's on the coaching staff somewhere for the UCA Bears. Uh, so it's Connor from Little Rock. His brother coaches at UCA. It's kind of a fun family connection in this one. All right, Maddie. Next game we're talking about. Is the Florida Gators will be facing Quinnipiac? Uh, kind of an you know another easy one you would expect to get a win, Maddie. What are you looking for out of this game for the Gators?
1: You know, for the Gators, I I think it's just one of those that you can't fall asleep. They have very similar numbers when you kind of look at it. Um, offensive and defensive rating is not too far off from each other, so I think it's one that you know with Florida comes away, ate a little too much for Christmas dinner, um, falling asleep at the wheel kind of thing. This game could be dangerous, but I I think I expect Florida to get a pretty easy win here if they come in with just a little bit of fire.
0: Uh, interesting thing on um, Quinnipiac, they've not done bad given the schedule that they have. They're not going to be anything just thrilling to watch, but... You know they, they've played well, so I it wouldn't surprise me if this game stays close for a little while. Um, mm-hmm. Kimbaum has this game 90 to 70 at uh 90 to 70, 95, 97% Gators, which I think is totally right and probably will be something like that in the final score. I, I think the Gators will eventually just push them away, but it wouldn't surprise me, um, uh, given the competition and how Quinnipiac has paid played against uh some other teams like. For them to hang around within 10 or 15 at halftime, they hang around just a little bit longer than you think they do. So I'm waiting for that to happen in this game, but I totally think Florida wins this thing comfortably is how it goes. Uh, A couple of names to know on this Quinnipiac team. uh, They are the Bobcats, by the way. Uh, Matt Balank, I believe is how you pronounce it, Balank, uh, 18.7 points per game. 2.8 2.8 three-point field goals per game, gets to the free-throw line, makes about free, makes just under five free-throws a game. He's a scorer. I mean, the kid can do a lot for you there. And then on defense, you need to look out uh, for Savon Lewis, uh, 2.8 uh, turnover, or sorry, yeah, uh, he's actually the still leader at one point. Or it's Tice, I'm sorry, I, my notes got a little bit messed up there. Tice is the guy, 1.8 steals per game. I don't know how I messed that up so bad, but... I did. He's also their leader in block shots at 1.4 blocks per game. All right, Maddie, any other thoughts on the
1: Bobcats? You know, like you said, they aren't doing bad this season. So, you know, this could possibly be a game where they they might be able to get an upset. But I don't think Florida's going to let that happen. I don't think
0: an upset's coming here, but I I think they can hang around because they got a good defense. Uh, They're a a sub-100 team in their net and their defensive rating and they played well against the schedule that they have. So they're not, they're not horrid. So <laughs> they're, they're bad. It's they're not gonna great. be
1: better than the Mizzou UCA game. So <laughs> it can it's only not going to be the worst game of the week.
0: Yeah. It's not going to be the worst game of the week. No, it absolutely. <laughs> <won>. <laughs> all right, Maddie.
1: All right, guys. Well, we wish you all a very Merry Christmas, happy holidays and happy new year on the hoop Southbound show. We hope you guys had a little bit of fun with us today and thank you for making us part of your holiday.
0: Guys, if you haven't subscribed to the show or followed us uh, wherever you get your podcast, that's all we want for Christmas this year on the show. We'd love to have you here talking hoops with us every week. Um, so we greatly appreciate you guys giving us a like and a subscribe.
1: All right, guys, until next time, happy holidays.
0: And to all a good night.